Hello, and welcome to The Rest of the Sermon, a weekly podcast where I dive a little deeper into the messages I share with my congregation. As always, if you would like to listen to or watch the message that is referenced here in this podcast, you can follow the link which will be provided in the show notes. I'm happy that you've joined us today. I'm happy that you are here. Uh, We are going to continue uh, our conversation that we began last week, this dialogue about what we see happening in our country today, the voices who are being raised, uh, the voices who are asking questions, asking for answers, looking for justice. Um, It's my hope that we, uh, as suggested last week, would Uh, find ourselves in a position where we're able to be allies. But I also want to acknowledge that it's not simply enough to be an ally. We also must be advocates. And so this week in the sermon, we talked a lot uh, or talked about this, this idea of where do we start? Where do you start? And it's a place where Jesus often started when he had things that were going to be difficult or things that were weighing on his mind. I'm thinking about uh, even the beginning of his ministry um, as he had called four fishermen together and uh, uh, had gone to uh, Peter's uh, mother-in-law's house and had performed uh, some healing there and uh, some acts that, that demonstrated who he was after he had uh, spoken in the, the, the temple that morning, the synagogue that morning. Uh, and then that evening, once the folks had calmed down, once night had fallen, where did he go? He went out to a space, to a place to be by himself for the purpose of prayer. You fast forward from that point even into the last week, the last day of Jesus' life after the Last Supper, this time that he shared with his disciples. Where does he go? He takes the disciples and he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. For the purpose of praying. And he asked, you know, three disciples to go further in the garden with him, to to stay with him, to keep him company, to pray with him. And and what do they do? They fall asleep. And so in the sermon this week, we talk about the metaphor of uh, those seeking justice, asking us to be with them, to stay with them, to to pray with them. And, And will we answer that call or will we fall asleep? All too often throughout our history as a country, we've We've answered the call of uh, a movement begins, a voice is heard, and, and we feel the need to, to answer that call. But when the time gets hard, when the time gets tough, when the night gets long, we fall asleep. We talked about in addition to that, that's where we have to start. We have to start in prayer. We have to follow that example of Christ who, when those times got difficult, he would pray. So we need to, now that times are difficult, we need to stop and we need to pray. We need to listen for God's guidance. But then, (laughs) we need to be willing to be advocates. We need to be willing then to put our thoughts, our words, our deeds, our, 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 our movement into action. And so it's not simply enough just to pray. We also must rise up. We must rise up and meet the moment. Meet the moment. The need of the moment. And this is where I think becoming advocates really uh, really shines. This idea that, that you and I have something to offer. Those of us who are uh, maybe physically uh, not like those who are protesting in the streets, those who are hurting very deeply right now in our country because of 
the treatment that they have received uh, <laughs> throughout history. I uh, mentioned last week that uh, one of the things I was committing to do was to try to learn a little bit. Um, I recognize that the history that I have been taught um, is, a, is a certain version of history. Now, I'm not saying it's not accurate. Uh, but I am saying there are probably things, there are definitely things that uh, are significant in the history of our country, definitely things that are significant in the history of progress that uh, are given a different shine, if you will, than uh, what maybe uh, actually happened. And so I've been reading a little this week. I've started with a book called White Rage. It was a book that um, folks in Louisville uh, the West End of Louisville, uh, they hold a uh, um, Empower West conference or, or gathering once a month. And this was a book that they used to study. And they had the author come in and speak. It's a very enlightening book. I'm, I'm about halfway through it right now. And uh, I already have the next book that I'm going to read picked out and ready to go. Um, it, it's about um, racism and the history of racism in the church. Uh, and recognizing racism in the church. I'm, I'm pretty excited about looking at that one too. But all of this to say, part of, of rising up, part of being an advocate is, not, is letting go of what my agenda is. Uh, because at this point, my agenda is irrelevant. Um, my agenda doesn't, doesn't count for much uh, when there are folks who have had a completely different experience than I have. So I need to be willing to listen. I need to be willing to learn. And then I have to then... Um, respond to what I learn and to what I hear. Uh, and for me, that, that takes the, 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 the form uh, of, again, listening to voices, uh, having conversations with people that I know, as well as trying to educate myself in ways that are helpful. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, now, Evan, you're just uh, buying into um, uh, these, these ideas that are be thro being thrown around right now by the media or ideas that are being thrown around by intellectuals or academia or whatever. Uh, and, and it's not real. That's not really what's going on. This is something uh, that's more uh, dire than that, that's more um, evil than that, maybe is the word you would even use. And I would uh, just call into question, again, um, a place where we start often, a place where we should start often, is, is asking that simple question. It's a simple question to ask. It's a very hard question to answer because most of the time, our gut instinct is not the answer uh, that is actually true or factual. But I wonder, I wonder, if Jesus were here today, just a question to think about, if Jesus were here today, where would Jesus be? What side of this controversy, what side of this conversation would Jesus really be on? And I'm asking you to think about what you know of Jesus. Jesus as a person. Jesus as the divine. What can we glean from the example that he left, the example that he gave, what we read and study and what we learn about Jesus as a man? Where would he be? I struggle at this point, if I'm honest, to find anything that would tell me that he wouldn't be marching in the streets, that he wouldn't be leading a rally. It seems to me that, that Jesus, his calling card was, was standing up and speaking out for the oppressed. 
And you may be saying to yourself, Evan, yeah, but these people aren't oppressed. And I would say, I don't know if we can say that or not. I'm not willing to go that far to say that they're not oppressed. But Evan, what we're talking about, what they're upset, we're talking about years ago. This is when slavery happened. Years ago is when I understand. Uh, believe me, I get that. But I also know that things aren't equal as much as we'd like to think that they are. They aren't equal. The reality is that if we put two very qualified individuals in, in the same room, it doesn't, it doesn't pan out as equality. And I'm not even sure if equality is what people are really after. Equality says that we're all given the same thing. And uh, I've seen an, uh, a very helpful diagram where there are three people um, standing on a, uh, in, the, in the outfield trying to watch a baseball game. And one of them is tall enough to see over the fence. One of them, their head, the top of their head comes to the top of the fence. And the other one, they come about halfway up the fence. And so equality would say we give each one of them a step stool that's the same size. And what you find out is it still may not be enough for the person who was halfway, uh, came up halfway to the fence to, still, to be able to see the ball game. And so equality is not necessarily what we're after. When you start thinking about things, ideas of justice, of justice, what that looks like to me uh, in that analogy, it may be a poor analogy because is it really unjust if you can't watch a baseball game? I'm, I'm a baseball fan, so I might be able to argue that it is, especially if it's a Braves game, uh, but uh, that's beside the point. But the idea of justice is that we're put on a, a playing field where we can all see. And the person who can see the game already doesn't need a step stool. The one whose head comes to the top of the fence, they, they just need a little one. And that's okay because then they can see the game. But the person who only comes up halfway on the fence, they're, they're going to need a pretty significant boost to be able to see the game. And all any of them want to do is see the game. This may sound like a, uh, a bunch of rambling, I don't know. But what I, I do want to know, or what I do want to say today... Um, and what I do think is important is when we rise up, when we rise up, that we are willing again to let our agendas go. This isn't about me. This isn't about you necessarily. This is about a people, a group of people who have value and who have worth, who for far too long in this country have had that value and worth called into question. Not by everyone, not by everyone, but I do think, I, I know, as a matter of fact, that there are systemic issues in our country. Again, this isn't your fault. This isn't my fault. This isn't about placing blame, okay? This is about finding solutions. My mom sent me something last night that I thought was really helpful. She sent me a text. She had read it somewhere else, um, so I don't know who to attribute it to or where to attribute it to, but, but the, the, the thought was you can't legislate love. And I think that's a, a perfect way of looking at this. This isn't about blame. This isn't about uh, finding somebody a scapegoat to say, well, this is all your fault. This is about love. This is about finding solutions that says, we can't continue to go the way that we have. We're not going to talk. I'm not worried about 
well, why are were we in the position that there will be a time to have that conversation? Now is not the time to have that conversation. Now is the time to reach out to our brothers and our sisters, those folks who feel as though they have not been heard. This is our opportunity to help them, help them feel whole, to help them feel valued and heard, and for them to know that they matter, their voice matter, their personhood matters. And so to all of my friends who would want to quibble with the idea of black lives matter and say, no, 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 all lives matter, none of us are arguing that point. What we are saying, though, is that you can't say all lives matter until black lives matter. And you may say to me, but Evan, this this whole thing about police brutality, this whole thing, it's all made up. It's all, and I, I'm going, I don't know if it is or not. I can tell you what my eyes have seen. And whether it's made up or whether it's not, whether it's a systemic issue or whether it's not, you can't tell me, you can't convince me that there was any reason that the life of George Floyd should have ended the way that it did. You can't tell me that there is any reason that the life of Ahmed Arbery should have ended the way that it did. And you may say, but Evan, those are two people. You're right. They're two people. They're two people who have worth. They're two people that matter. They're two people whose stories, whose voices we need to listen to and we need to heed and we need to hear. So, as we start off at a place of prayer, and as we decide from there and listen and discern what God has called us to do, and we move to a place of rising up and taking action, we must leave our own agendas at the door. And we must be willing. We must be willing to do whatever it takes to love. To love. To love just as Christ loved us easy to say hard for us to do i'm not sure why it's as hard as it is but i know it's hard it's hard looking at folks who i know disagree with me who are arguing with me who call me all kinds of names not publicly but privately it's hard for me to say you know what but i still love you i love you because you do not define me You also don't define all other people or all people of a mindset. Beyond that, I love you because you are created by God. And that's something I can't take away from you. Nor will I try. It's time for us to value all people as people created by God. Which means we can't just snuff a life out because we want to. That may be a little bit of a reach. But my God, eight minutes and 46 seconds. Pleas for help. Pleas from bystanders. I don't know how else to make sense of that. Pray, rise up, and love. Friends, this week, that's the rest of the sermon. Thank you for joining me. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. If you have feedback uh, or questions or something you would like for me to cover on this podcast, feel free to send an email to the rest of the sermon at gmail.com. As always, I hope that you have a wonderful week. 
I hope you take heed. I hope you listen to uh, these words and follow the life of Christ. Start with prayer, then rise up to action, and most importantly, love. Till we do this again, God bless.